You can be turning to Acts chapter 3 with me. Acts chapter 3. Sometimes I look at the clock and then I lose sight of the times. So I apologize. But I don't think I went but about 40 minutes for the Bible study. If I went too long, I'm sorry. But uh, it's an urgent message, really is. Every time the gospel's preached, it's life and death. And to not presume that every one of us know these things. Uh, but preaching is kind of like cooking food. Uh, if you love to cook and you love to eat the food, you don't know where to stop. <laughs> I dare say that downstairs is too much food. I know, I've been here. You ladies that love to cook and love to feed people that love to eat, love to eat yourself, you always prepare too much, don't you? It, preaching's like that. What do I leave out? <laughs> oh, they'll like this, because I like it. But I'll try not to go too long. This uh, story in this chapter, Acts chapter 3, the story of a lame man leaping. A man who could not walk, let alone leap, even if he wanted to. And this is really my story. This, this story is my story. This is the story of every one of God's people. We walk by faith. Blessed is a man who walketh not the way of the world, but walks by faith. And uh, this is my story, and this is your story if, you're, if you've been given like precious faith. Now, two gospel preachers came to town where this man was, and this is the day the Lord chose for this man's salvation. This was the day of salvation for this man. Two gospel preachers came, and when they left, after they finished, he was leaping and walking and praising God. And this is my story. Look at verse 1, Acts 3. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Peter and John went up together. Two men were together. You know what the Lord says about where two or three are gathered together, don't you? Wonderful things happen. He said, I'll be in the midst of them. Now, that's not, that's, that's true. I mean, the Lord said that, didn't it? Where two or three are truly gathered together in my name to worship me, to want to hear from me, I'll be there. So these two men were gathered together. And it says they went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. They went up to the temple. Now, the temple was the place that God had chosen to put his name there. Deuteronomy says that from chapter 12 to chapter 17. I forget how many times it said. He said, there's a place that I have chosen to put my name there. That's where you need to go, he said. If it's too far, he said, 
sell what you have and go there because there's only one place that I've chosen to put my name there, to put my honor, my glory, a place. We know that place is the Lord Jesus Christ, don't we? The tabernacle of God among men. But he said the church is his temple, didn't it? He said, you're the temple of God. Where two or three are gathered, that's where I am. The place that he's chosen. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. The place he's chosen to put his name there. You bear his name. You see, we don't go to church. We are the church. We are the church. The temple of God. And it says they went up. The church of the, the temple was set on a hill, Mount Zion. It was on a temple, to, or on a hill. To get there, you had to go up. You had to leave the valley of the shadow of death, as it were, and go up to this temple. Now, your building here is much like the one in Rocky Mount. It's kind of set down in a, a hole down below the road, isn't it? That's the way ours is. But even though we descend, you had to descend to get to this building. You really ascended. Now, I'm telling you the truth. This world is a, is a cesspool, a sewer hole. This world, it really is. It, the scriptures talk, calls it. Who sent that fly? <laughs> the scriptures calls this place this present evil world, doesn't it? God said, I quote it again in, in Exodus 3. He said, I am come down to bring you out, out of this world, out of this miry clay off this dunghill to bring you up, to sit you among princes. When you came to this place where Christ is preached, where the gospel is preached, where God's word is declared, you ascended. This is a glorious place. We take it for granted. But I tell you, the Lord brought us out to set among princes, the temple where God... Now, this man, here's a chosen man. It says uh, they came to the temple at the hour of prayer. God's house is a house of prayer. We've already prayed to the Lord, haven't we? Men have led us. It's a house of prayer, a house of praise, a house of worship. That's what this house is for. That's what the church is all about. Verse 2, a certain man was there. Lame from his mother's womb. A certain man was there at this particular day, at this particular time. He was not there by his own will. He was not there by his own choice. He was not there by his own power. It says, look at it, verse 2, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried there, and they laid him daily at the gate of the temple called Beautiful to ask alms to them that entered into the temple. This man was not there by his own will and power. He couldn't come. He wouldn't come if he could. He wouldn't. We're going to see that in a minute. But certain ones carried him there and laid him down there. And you and I are here not by accident. We're not here by accident. The lot is cast into the lap. But what? The whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. You decided to come here today, didn't you? Maybe you did, but God purposed it long before you decided. 
That's right. There's no accidents. And the day that the Lord reveals the truth to us is the day of salvation that He determined, that He purposed before the world began. It says talks about certain men and women throughout the Scripture, doesn't it, brother? Um, What's your name? <laughs> Known you a long time. Eh? So long, we're both losing our memory. But uh, nothing by accident. God worketh all things on purpose, according to his eternal purpose in Christ before the world began. This man was there not by his choice, but God's. Not by his power, but God's. Not by his will, but God's. And he was carried there. He was laid down there. Now, we all come for one reason or another. We come to church, so to speak, for one reason or another. Everyone comes the first time for the wrong reason. Everyone comes for the wrong reason. I did. There are people that come out of curiosity. Uh, there are people that come to please someone else. Dad, Mom, I did. Or to make someone happy. Uh, Mother's Day. <laughs> you know, Mother's Day, you have more people than normal. Duty. People come out of duty. It's Sunday. People come out of habit. I've been going to church all my life. People come to be seen. I want, to know, want them to know I'm a good Christian. But then there's some who come to worship. Who come to worship. But everyone comes the first time for the wrong reason. I came to please my parents. I came to please my parents. I knew that Christ was their life. I know that now. I thought it was just religion then. But I knew that Christ was their life. The church was their life. I know now it's Christ is their life. Not a part of it. He is. Everything revolved around the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. I knew that in my head, and I knew if I want to get, if I want to be on my, in my parents, uh, on their good side, I got to come to church. I was the prodigal son. The Lord brought me back home and uh, to hear the gospel. I came, though, the first time to please my parent. I came also because I needed a job. And there was a man there who was a contractor, a building contractor, a very well-off building contractor. He loved my parent, and I knew if I come and kind of straighten my act up, cut my hair, I used to have it. Yeah, I did, long hair in the 60s and 70s, you know. But I knew if I just clean up my act, cut my hair, please my parents, this man will give me a job. And he did. Ed Stevens gave me a job, got a good job. Well, then I saw a pretty young girl sitting there. Real pretty. She's even prettier now. But I got had my eye on her. That's why I came. I'm being honest with you. That's the only reason I came. The lot was cast in the lap. Think I'll go. But the whole disposing thereof was of the Lord. The Lord brought me there. Nothing by accident. Nothing by chance. Nothing according to the will of man. Was of God. Thank God. And uh, make a long story story short, the Lord spoke to me. And uh, it wasn't long before I wanted to be there. Not for her, but for him. 
At any rate, this man was carried there and laid there. And I think of how many people who, uh, the, the different ones, loved ones and all, lay them before the Lord in prayer. Carry them to the Lord in prayer. Lord, would you please do something for, at the gate of the temple? Look at this man's condition. It says a certain man was lame from his mother's womb. Turn quickly to Acts 14, Acts chapter 14. He was lame from his mother's womb, meaning he was born crippled. He's born lame. He could not walk. He never could walk. Here in Acts 14 is the story of another lame man. The Lord healed many lame men. And that's a, that's a picture of how Every one of God's people are lame, cannot walk by faith, uh, cannot, will not come to Christ. Look at verse 8 of Acts 14. It says, there sat a certain man. There it is again, a certain man. There were many lepers in Israel, weren't there? But who did the Lord say? Who did the Lord heal? The one he chose. There were many widows. In Israel, weren't they? Who did the Lord uh, give food to and oil? Whom the Lord chose. There were many lame men, weren't there? Many lame men. Who did the Lord heal? Whom he chose. Certain man. But look at it. It says in verse 8 that he, being a cripple, he was impotent in his feet. That is, his feet were powerless. He was crippled from his mother's womb. He was born that way. He never had walked. Is there any doubt, Cheryl, that this man could not walk? He, he, he could not. His feet were of no use. He never had. He's born that way. He will not walk. He's lame. Any doubt? What about us? Huh? What about us? Could not walk. Did not our Lord say, no man can come unto me? Didn't he say that? He said it twice in John 6, so that men would fully understand, you can't come unless the Father draw you. You can't come. In another place, he said, you will not come unto me that you might have life. He will not. Man's will is depraved. Man will not come. If he could have come, this man, if he could have come, he wouldn't have come, Jim, would he? He wouldn't have come, even if he could, because that's not in us. It's not in us by nature. He said, you will not come, nor can we come. I wouldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. We're all born dead in sin, dead to God. That's what dead in sin means, dead to God, alive to the world. No thoughts of God, no thoughts of eternal life, but only thoughts of dead things. I bought some um, uh, worms recently. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Did I tell this last time I was here? Uh, I, I actually paid money for worms. I heard that worms were good for the soil, you know, and I had poor soil in my little little garden, and I spent money for worms. <laughs> money. They're worthless, but I bought them, spent money for them. You know what worms are? They're dirt. That's all they are. They're made of dirt. They live in the dirt, they eat the dirt, they go back to the dirt. They hate light. I'll take the lid off that little worm farm that I have, take the lid off of it, and if they're up at the top, they'll all quickly burrow down. They, don't, they hate light. 
They love darkness. They love dead things. I had to put dead food down in there for them to turn into dirt. Worms. Worms. I have so many stories about those worms. <laughs> and I'll tell you this one, and I'll get off this. But uh, I bought those worms, twenty nine ninety five for 2,000 worms. Forty nine ninety five for 2,000 worms. Forty nine. Paul, am I a fool or what? But I did. All right, I bought them. They're going to serve my purpose. All right, I got this sack of worms. And if you've ever seen a ball of worms, you've never seen the human race. You need to see a sack of worms, a ball of worms. I got them out of that sack, and it was a ball of writhing, wriggling worms. And not one worm prettier than another, not one worm better than another. It was all a bunch of worms. And I paid good money for that worthless ball of worms. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. At any rate, and I fixed up this home for them, you know. <laughs> what a fool. Fixed up this home for them. And did all this, spent money on this home and all to make them happy. And I even thought about them that night when I went to bed. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? What is man that thou art mindful of him? Then the scripture said, fear not thou worm, Jacob. But you know, here's the story. After I got all those worms out of the sack, I thought, Put them in there and everything. Put the sack aside. And I thought, I want to check that sack one more time. And there was one worm in that sack. I looked down. One worm. He was clinging to that sack. That's just one worm. I got 1,999 of them. Just one worm. I thought, nope. I bought him too. Reached down in there, and he's hanging on. He doesn't want to let go. What? He's going to die if I don't do something for him. I pulled him out of that sack and said, Buddy, I'm your salvation. And put him in that. That's us. You know, that's us. It really is. It really is. That may be just an illustration, but that's a fact. That's me. That's me. That's you. No, none of us any better than any other human being on earth but God sent his son and paid an unspeakable price for worms. And he won't let one go, Danny, because he paid for them. And he thinks on them. He doesn't even sleep thinking about worms. That's a good illustration. And why did I give it? Oh, <laughs> oh here. Uh, it says uh, he was dead in sin. That's what we are. We're dead in sin, dead to God. We have minds, but we don't think on God. We have uh, hearts, but they're not set on the things above. We have a will, but it's not free. It's bound by the things of this world. We have eyes, but we can't see God. He's invisible. We have ears, but they're no good either. They won't hear his voice. They won't hear his word, no matter how many times he preaches. I heard more preaching than anybody. I'm a preacher's kid. Message after message, and I didn't hear a thing until God said, there be ears, eyes. Mm. This is what happened to this man. Got to be born from above. Got to be made a new creature. Got to be have your mind set on things above. A new heart given to you. Eyes to see your need. Eyes to see your need of Christ. See what you are. Got to be given that. See that you're lame. They set this man. They laid this man at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. Listen to this. He's at the gate. He's not inside. He's on the outside. He's right at the gate. He's right at the door. 
of the temple. You know what's going on in the temple? The Word of God. Peter and John are going in there, going to preach the Word of God, Word of life. It's where God is, where God's people are. It's where salvation is. It's where the Shekinah glory of God is to be seen, on the inside. He's not there. He's on the outside. He's at the gate. He's right at the door, but He's not in. That's not good enough. That's not close enough, is it? Close is not, doesn't count. The Lord told that rich young man one time, He said, Thou art not far from the kingdom. He's not in it. And that gate of the temple is called beautiful. Look at that. Called beautiful. Inside that temple was beauty. Solomon's temple. Before it was destroyed. Beautiful place. Well, this was rebuilt by Ezra and Nehemiah. Zerubbabel. But it was beautiful. But he didn't see any beauty in it. This man... He could have gone in. He could have asked his loved ones, take me on the inside. But he wasn't interested. Just leave me outside here to get a little spare change. <laughs> now, isn't that a good picture of man? Inside the church house, inside the, where the temple of God is, is beauty, is glory. The altogether lovely Son of God is preached. But they, Connie, they don't see any beauty in him that they should desire. I didn't. What are they seeing that? That's what I thought. Why are they going there? That's the last place I want to go. I sure would like to have a little bit of change. What I can get out of them. Wasn't that my story? That's what I, what I can get out of these people. But I didn't see any beauty in Christ. When I was real young, uh, buddy, I thought if I had a pocket full of money, five dollars, <laughs> there's a lot of money they wanted to Jim. Five dollars and a tank of gas. And, tank, and gas was 25 cents a gallon when I started driving. I had a Volkswagen, 10 gallons, added up. Two dollars and 50 cents. Could fill up my tank and I could drive all week. I had a pocket full of money, $5, and a tank full of gas. I got it all, buddy. I don't need anything else at all. Was that you? And that's most people. That's everybody, isn't it? Got a little money. What's everybody worried about in this, in this society? What's everybody worried about? We don't care if society goes to pot. We don't care if it's a moral cesspool of a nickel. We don't care as long as we've got a pocket full of money. Little spare change. They can all go to hell. Just, just make sure I don't lose my money. Man, bunch of worms, aren't we? Bunch of fools. This man sat at the gate, the door. Hmm. This gospel is preached in this little building. It's been preached in this building for 20-some years, hasn't it? Or longer than that. And men go by. It's nothing to them. There's no beauty in this place. Well, they see. What well, they look down there and see people go. There ain't nothing to that. Hmm. You come inside. If only the Lord would bring them in, huh? If only bring them in. Show them the altogether lovely Son of God. They'd see His beauty in there, just like the temple of old. It's brown on the outside, plain, ordinary looking. Come on inside. He sat at the gate on the outside, looking in. Oh my! Look at verse three who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms, asked an alms. 
He saw Peter and John, two apostles. These were two apostles. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? What if Peter and John walked in here today? Huh? Well, you know, I have the same message. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, but I have the treasure. These were men. These two men were just men. Peter, if you'd known him before, you wouldn't have had anything to do with him. Old, rough, gruff fishermen. Just men, but they were men sent by God. They were just men, but they had a message from God. They were just men, but if, you, if God was pleased, he could use those men preaching that message, give you life. Whew. Who hath despised these small things? They, all he saw, though, was two ordinary men. But these men had something he needed. He asked something from them that he didn't need, but they had something for him that he didn't know he needed. <laughs> he asked for something and never got it. <laughs> Change! He wanted some change, some money, and they never gave it to him. But, buddy, he got what he wasn't looking for. Then the scriptures say, I'm sought of them that, I'm found of them that sought me not. Mm. He came looking for some change. He went away with eternal life. Buddy, the truth of God, the word of God, it's not the preacher. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, but it is a treasure, and it's the power of God. Unto you that believe Christ, the preaching of Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God, God, please God by the foolishness of preaching. And if God is pleased, he can take an ordinary man. If he sends his Holy Spirit, he can take an ordinary man with this message and is able to raise a person out of the dunghill, make them walk, give them eyes to see, ears to hear, the voice of God, the voice of Christ. You know, there are a lot of so-called churches, aren't there? Very little truth. I thought about this place. You you worry and you wonder about the the future and all, and you want this, which is fine, but you've got right now, you've got today, this morning, all you need. You don't know what tomorrow. The Lord may be coming tomorrow, so... We've got all we need. Let's live for the day, okay? We've got it right now. Thank you, Lord. Let's enjoy it while we have it. Enjoy it while we have it. This is the day of salvation. This was this man's day. This is our day. If we hear it, it'll save us. You say, I was saved. Yeah, you are, but you are being saved by this same gospel. We need to hear this gospel every time to save us. From guilt, from despair, from sin, from this world being overcome by it, by, for, save us from doubts and fears. We need to hear the gospel every time. It saves us from ourselves, doesn't it? We need this gospel. Well, look at this, verse 4. It says, Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on up. Both of these men, Peter and John, looked at this man right in the face of this man, looked at him. Looked him right in the eye. I thought about this. You know, true preachers are not entertainers. They're not clowns. They're not uh, sissies. Yeah, that's right. That's what I said. Not sissies. They're not uh, 
They, they're serious. They're sober. Listen to this. Paul said, We are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of God. That is, as of sincerity, he said. Sincerely in it. Sincerely doing this for the glory of God. Sincerely doing this for the good of God's people. For the salvation of soul. As of God, that is, God did beseech you by us. In the sight of God, conscious not of what men are thinking, but what God thinks and says, we speak Christ. It's what God demands and what people need. Read on. So he fastened their, they fastened their eyes on this man said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Expecting to receive something of them. And like I said, that's, that was me. What can I get out of this religion? And here's what Peter said. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. We don't have a health and wealth gospel, do we? Silver and gold. We don't promise people that if you'll believe, all your troubles will be over. In fact, they're just beginning. Just beginning. Great sorrows and trouble, afflictions and chastens. And the Lord loves chasten. He sends trials, a trial of your faith. We don't promise people health and wealth. Gospel. The Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, all the gold and silver in all the mines is mine. He could make anyone fabulously wealthy, couldn't he? No believer is going to win the lottery. You might as well save your dollar. Don't do it. You're not going to win it. We've got a, in our bulletin today an article by Brother Bruce Crabtree. He quoted the proverb, said, Don't give me riches. Don't give me riches, Lord, lest I forget thee. I forget God. How many times do you have a pocket full of money and you forget God? You just think about how you're going to spend it. He's not going to, not going to give us that. Not going to get well, health and wealth. And our Lord never gave, listen, our Lord never gave one dime to one person while he's on this earth. Not one. He could have. Could have, but he didn't. He fished some taxes out of a fish's mouth one time. <laughs> but he never gave one mite. To one poor person said, here, you need this. No, 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 they don't need that. He didn't have any. You don't need that. You need food, food, and raiment. That's all you need. What you really need is this pearl of great price. Me, Christ himself. They said, silver and gold have we none. We don't have a health and wealth, wealth gospel. But such as I have, give I unto thee. Here's it is, verse 6. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. This is what we have. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look back at Acts chapter 2. Look at that. Now in verse 22. This is what Peter had just preached at Pentecost. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Look at it. You men of Israel... Verse 22, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, a man well-pleasing to God for his righteousness, a man sent by God, a substitute sent by God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Down in verse 32, he said, This man, this Jesus, hath God raised up. You killed him. You took him. You didn't want him. But God sent him to do something. 
And you took him and crucified him, but God hath raised him up. And in verse 32, whereof we're all witnesses, him being by the right hand of God, verse 33, exalted, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which you now see and hear. Down in verse 36, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. What he said was, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're in the hands of the sovereign Lord of the universe. You've heard of this Jesus? He's now at the right hand of God. He's sitting on the circle of the earth. You're in his hands to do with as he pleases. He has the keys of death and hell. He, ha- he is Lord over angels, devils, men, women, children, the elements, diseases. He, is, he has it all in his hand. He has the keys of hell and death. He has the the power, the authority to give life to whom he will, to justify whom he will, to condemn whom he will. This is the Lord. Jesus, you heard of Jesus? He's the Lord Jesus. In the name and the authority of, for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Men and women, this is the first thing we're going to hear when we hear the gospel is who Christ really is. Who that Jesus really is. He's not just Jesus. He's God. He's God. He's the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus. He's the only Savior. He's the only Savior. Listen to what Peter preached. He said, "There's Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus. Call his name Jesus. He shall save his people from their sin. There's none other name. Christ. He's the Christ in the name of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the covenant head, the surety, the substitute, the only man approved of God, the only one that God is pleased with and accepts. And he will accept you only in Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You know who he is? You know that one from Nazareth, a particular Jesus. Not another Jesus, but the one from Nazareth, sent by God, sent to a particular place, to a particular people for a particular work. And he did that work. And he's now made Lord over the universe, sitting right now on the throne as God, and gives eternal life to whom he will. That's it. Now look at this. He said to that man, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. This is the message. This is the message that will raise us up out of this dung hill. Rise up and walk. Repent, Peter said. Repent. Come to Christ. He said that in chapter 2. It says, they said to him, what shall we do? He said, repent. Be baptized. Every one of you. You haven't been baptized. If you haven't confessed this Christ, you haven't confessed Christ. You haven't confessed Christ. Be baptized, every one of you, confessing the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the one you used to believe in, but the true Christ. Turn from that idol to the living and true God for the remission of your sin. And he went on to say, with many other words, he testified and exhorted, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward, though religious, generation. And look what happened to this man. Chapter 3. Verse uh, 
7, it says that Peter, John, both took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. A man can receive nothing except it be given him from God. As many as received him, to them gave he the power, the ability to walk, to believe, to repent. The goodness of God leads us, gives us repentance, doesn't it? But we can't receive it except it be given, except we be born of God, a new creature. And he received strength. And it says in verse 8, he leaped, leaping up, stood. <laughs> I'll never forget when I first heard the gospel. It made my heart leap. I was, I was sitting down, but I remember I was leaping on the inside. Leaping, whereas before I was sleeping. Wake up. But God, one day, I was leaping on him. My heart was leaping, leaping. Praising God. Read, the, read on. He was leaping and praising God. Thanking God. He'd never done that before. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for having mercy upon me. Thank you, Lord. He'd never done that before. He let somebody else say grace. Everybody else was praying for him. He never prayed. He never called on the name of the Lord. But whosoever shall call on the name. Not somebody calling for you. So he began to call. Lord. Thank you. Thank you for sparing me. Praising God. Worshiping God. Read on. And it says, uh, all the people saw him walking and praising God. In verse 8, where did he go? When he got legs to walk, where did he go? He said he entered with them into the temple. He started coming. He walked in. Before, he was sitting outside. Nothing, no beauty in it. He didn't want to go in there. As soon as he got feet and received strength, that's the first place he went. <laughs> Where are y'all going? Peter and John going to worship the Lord. I want to come. And he did. I go where I want to go now. Don't you? You come here because you want to, Jeff? Huh? Come here because you have to. Don't you? You need it. You need it. But you come here because you want to. Thy people shall be willing in the day of his power. Come because you want to. And he went straight in that temple with Peter and John. And all the people ran together. And it says in verse uh, uh, 10, they knew it was him that sat at the gate. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. What had happened to him? What had happened to him? It's not the same man. Not the same man. He had never found him, him, him in here before. Found him out there looking for spare change. But look at him now. The unsearchable riches of Christ. Is that your story? Huh? You wouldn't be here if God hadn't brought you. And it says uh, the lame man was he that was healed. Look at verse 11. I close. As the lame man which was healed held Peter and John. <laughs> Did you read it? He, he held on to those fellows. Jim, before this, he saw these two fellows walk by. Who's that? That's Peter and James, apostles of the Lord. They had the message from the Lord. They had the gospel of salvation. They had the only message, able to save to the uttermost, them that come unto God. They had the message from God, the word of God. They don't look 
It's anything special to me. Just like man to me. <laughs> Danny, once they heard, he heard the gospel from these fellas, he loved them dearly. He laid hold of them, and they were his bosom buddies from that day forward. Yeah, they're just men, but the men that God sent to bring him the gospel. And from that day forward, he's with them, coming and going everywhere. These are my buddies. This place I want to be. This place is beautiful. He'd go to home to his buddies, and he'd say, Come with me to the gate or to the temple called Beautiful. And go, Oh, why would we want to go there? Because there's truth, there's life, we're dead. Come with me. Come with me, Joe. And he said, not interesting. He said, I know that was me. But God. But God. Mm. And that's my story. Was it yours? Mm. Oh, my. What a blessed gospel. And how blessed are the feet that those who bring it. Mm. Thank you. And I went too long again. I'm sorry. Okay.